Branding BFF is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Branding BFF, a podcast for service businesses, creative professionals, consultants, and coaches. I'm your host, Lisa Spear. I'll be having behind-the-scenes conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators, so you can gain insights and inspiration to apply to your brand and business. Please note, these are uncensored conversations with guests, so there's a chance they'll be adult language. This podcast is brought to you by Spearhead Solutions, a strategic branding business. Today's topic is expanding your brand through email marketing, and I've invited Kia Dolby of Kia Dolby Creative to join me. I picked Kia for this conversation for several reasons. First, a large portion of Kia's business is focused on helping her clients with their email marketing. And since I don't focus on email marketing in my business, I'm happy to bring in somebody who does. Second, Kia's business is a service business, but also she has clients who have product businesses. So she's got experience in both categories. And lastly, Kia and I went to grad school together a million years ago. (laughs) We've always enjoyed connecting through design and have stayed friends, even though we live in different cities. She's in Atlanta and I'm in Charlotte. I know she's creative and talented and I can't wait for you to meet her. Welcome, Kia. Hey, thanks so much. I'm so excited to reconnect with you. Yes, I know. I feel like it's so sporadic over the years. It's like (laughs) different cities, but we still get to stay connected through design and through our friendship. Exactly. So first, let's start with How does email marketing help you expand your brand? And that could be for you yourself, and it also could be your clients. When you have a brand, you start with a foundation. Um, You've you've picked your logo, you have messaging, you have, you know, all of those things that encompass a brand. Um, Email is just a communication of that brand. It's a touch point for customers. It's a way um, to expand it and reach out. So all of those, it's really the application of the foundation of all of those branding activities. That's great. And I love the talking about foundation because that's a word I use myself <laughs> when I'm talking about brand and, and um, how it is the foundation for so many things. So how do you make sure that your clients email templates, tie into the look, feel of their brand and their tone of voice? You know, that's a really good question. And the way that I think about it is that other components of your branding should do the heavy lifting. Um, Email has a technical component to it. So I always encourage clients to keep it very simple. Um, Because with email, you're thinking about messaging, you're thinking about um, when you're landing in someone's inbox that you're taking that they're spending time looking at your email and most of our, our our time is very valuable so they don't have a lot of time and you're thinking about um, something that needs to perform on multiple devices some people are looking at emails on their iPad their phone their desktop um, so what I always advise is that you keep the email templates that you're using very simple you want to include your logo and maybe your brand colors and your email should certainly have the feel of your other um of your other branding pieces but at the same time you want it to be a simplified version um if you have a product business or a business that's heavy heavily relies on graphics um you need to be very strategic about what you include in those emails 
Um, you also want to be really strategic about the length of the emails. I always advise people to keep their messaging short and sweet and consider your tone for your email. So any messaging or writing that you're creating for emails should also reflect the tone of your bigger brand, um, but also in a more simplified manner. So do you often have clients that because they've had their foundation built, are they sharing with you like their tone of voice and their brand identity guide, or are you having to figure that out on your own more often than not? Um, so it varies by clients. I would say for most of my clients that I do email marketing work for, they have already an established brand. Um, and we'll look at that, what they have in terms of, do they have a brand style guide or some other guidelines have, do they have, um, you know, a logo, do they have, have they talked, have they worked through tone and messaging? And then we apply that to email. Um, in a few cases, um, and depending on the business, we might be working a little bit backwards, but I always want to make sure that the client's brand is really strong and their messaging is really strong because if, again, if they don't really have a great foundation that they're starting with, um, it's hard to communicate that. So, and, and in those cases, it's working a little bit backwards. But in most cases, clients have already done the the fundamental work of establishing their brand. Yeah. And that's so important, I can imagine, to help you do your job most effectively and also to help them more effectively connect with their customer or client base. Um, if you actually know the, you can build on that consistency and people know what to expect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be weird if they went to their website and it sounded one way and then you, you get an email, you're like excited about the brand and you get emails and then all of a sudden it sounds like something totally different. <laughs> exactly. So it's really important that we, you know, I think anytime you're, you're engaged, you're pursuing a new endeavor like email marketing, if you haven't done in the, for the past is you do have to do kind of a checklist, um, and make sure that everything that you're doing really does match up with anything that you've done previous. Sometimes if you're doing email marketing or you're, you're starting email marketing campaigns for the first time, it's really a good time to do that reevaluation um, to make sure that your overall messaging is consistent and on track. And if it's not, it's a good time to tweak it. So that again, that everything looks cohesive um, once you have, once you've, once when you're putting that messaging out that everything looks cohesive and goes together. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like to um, say clear, cohesive and compelling. Right, <laughs> you, want all exactly. your, you want all your brands to hold all that because if it's not clear, people don't know what to expect. If it's not cohesive, they feel like it's coming from different places. And if it's not compelling, why do they care? Especially yeah. like you're saying with your inbox. I mean, everyone gets a lot of emails Many of them you're signing up for yourself, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, I think about my inbox now and how, how much harder it is to stay on top of it compared to, you know, 10 years ago. Well, one of the things that I always suggest is working a little bit backwards and saying, what is the end result that you want to achieve with um, sending out email messaging? Is it just to build brand awareness? And that if it is, that's great. And it's fine. Um, are you attempting to sell a product? Then if it is, you're measuring the sales as your metric for success. Um, is it to drive traffic to your website? A lot of times people kind of have a feeling that they need to be doing some email messaging, but they really haven't figured out the why behind it. Yeah. And if you approach it from that standpoint, also, it will help drive some of those other decisions that you have to make. 
That makes a lot of sense because it's it's being clear about your strategy, what your objectives are. And then if you're, you'll realize if it's doing what you wanted it to do or if you need to adjust and course correct if it's not accomplishing what you're hoping for. Right. And the thing that I really love about email is that it is so measurable, um, unlike sometimes other efforts where you're really not sure what's working or not. Um, if you're sending out emails and you have set up a goal for the email, it's easy after you've sent it to re- to evaluate that goal and see if it's working. And if it's not, you can tweak it. So you have measurements like open rates and mm-hmm. click-through rates that are helpful to say. And, and again, if you're selling a product, it, you know, purchases. So those are um, easy ways to identify the success of um, an email campaign. Well, and you mentioned a little bit ago, some products, you know, have a little more visual heavy uh, needs. And then there's also the emails where you're talking about being more simple, more minimal. So is there a criteria or a gauge that you have of when someone should have more minimal emails versus more image heavy emails? Yeah, that's a really good question. I find that most of the time with service type businesses like coaching businesses, Um, For instance, the message is really the star. So it's okay to have a simple header and maybe one image. A lot of people like to even use like a little animation or something to to, to kind of draw people in. But it's really a simple email and the message is the star. Um, If you have a product business, if you're selling a tangible good, um, clothing, health and beauty products, um, jewelry, those types of things, then you're really your product becomes the star and that is when you really want to show off your product and those are the emails that I would consider a little bit more image heavy um so a few things to consider about that is just making sure that um the images are are optimized for web that they load very quickly that they look right on different devices but um very importantly that they're beautiful images because if the images aren't really good quality to start with that you can't really entice people to buy products so I always encourage customers or clients to make an investment in making sure that they're selecting really you know really great images that makes sense and what about video do you ever see people including links to out to videos yeah and I think that's a good um a good strategy um I would encourage a client to like host the video on YouTube or on their website and include a link um, from the email to the video so that, that you know, that that, that increases, um, decreases loading time. But it is a good, you know, a good, a good way to kind of entice v- viewers to click through. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm just thinking, uh, I think I've seen a video uh, link included, but I think it was like a screen grab. Mm-hmm. So it still looked like a video, but it uh, took me to YouTube. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Saying. YouTube, <laughs> yeah, YouTube will have a pre will has a preview that a lot of um, email clients can embed so that you get the video preview. But in some time, in some cases, we do create a graphic that looks like a video. That's just a link and it links over to, you know, the, the videos that is hosted somewhere else. So what are some differences between um, solopreneurs who are doing email marketing and small businesses? Um, you know, this again goes back to the branding foundation. I really think you have to be strategic about your tone and your messaging. So if you're a solopreneur, um, one of the, to, to go back into the putting back on my branding hat, um, is, are you talking 
first person? Are your are your emails personable? Are you are they conversational? Like you're talking to you know you're talking to a friend. Um, a lot of times, the 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 biggest asset that solopreneurs have is themselves. Um, so you're selling yourself, your personality, your background. And so when I'm crafting emails for those types of clients, it's really important that their personality is the thing that show that shines through. Um, or their perspective. So they're very conversational. They're very friendly. Um, Again, like a one-on-one conversation with their trusted friend. Um, Now, with other types of businesses that are bigger than the solopreneur businesses, um, the business has to make that decision um, up front as well. So it could also be that same um, singular kind of conversational tone, or it could be um, that the client wants to reflect that they are a lot are a larger business um, and the perspective is a little bit different. So that is something that really should be done in the branding of the business and then reflected in the email portion. Yeah, that makes sense because I think that uh, a good indicator is also what people are doing with their website because that is one of the key building blocks within your brand. I mean, you do have to establish your tone first before you build the website. But I do think if we think about building blocks of a brand, you know, you've got your business name, your tagline, your logo, your website, and, you know, some of these key things are part of establishing your tone, establishing the look feel. Um, And it makes sense that you would have to kind of work that out before you get into right. marketing. <laughs> Absolutely. And and if you are bigger than a team of one, it doesn't mean that your emails can't be personable. I'm, I think email is a great opportunity to profile um, team members in your business, to um, do behind the scenes looks at your business, because people do buy from people that they know, like, and trust. We all know that one. Oh, and, yeah. And um, giving people an insider view um, about your business, about who those people are that are making the products or servicing you is a really great way to pull people in and build some brand loyalty. And it's also good if your business has a cause that they support, if they do certain types of work, um, volunteer work, if they give for to an organization, that's also a great time. Email can be a great way to start telling some of those stories as well. So what would you say is the ratio of selling to these other things that you've talked about, building brand awareness, um, maybe just maintaining relationship? Like what would, where, where do you see selling falling into in terms of, let's say you send four emails a month, like how many of those should be selling? Um, that's a really great question. And it's, I think, a very, a question that um, the answer is different depending on the business. Um, I have some businesses that sell products and all of their emails are sales emails or 90% of them are sales emails. Um, the other 10% might be policy type of t- types of emails. Um, but for a more service-based business, I think what your primary goal is, is letting people um, get to know you. Yeah. And providing value because if if someone has given you the honor of subscribing to your list and allowing you to come into their inbox, um, then you should be providing some type of value to them. So I would say typically, if you do have a service type business, maybe one in four emails is a sales type email. 
and the other three emails are value-driven emails. Now, if they're value-driven emails, it doesn't mean you can't include links to your product offerings or your service offerings or specials that you're having. It just means that's not the primary um, content. Now, you probably, like me, have gotten emails from, from people selling classes or courses or services where every email is a sale. Yeah. <laughs> and there's urgency and there's multiple emails a day. And that's a strategy that uh, people employ because they know that if there's if it's a hot customer, there's someone who is a, a hot lead that being in their inbox is going to convert them to a sale and they're trying to do it rapidly, rapidly. So that is something that is strategic. Um However, I just find that people get fatigued from those types of emails quickly. So if you're looking for a client or someone that you're building a longer term relationship with, um, don't be that don't be that person. You know, be, yeah. Have some restraint. <laughs> um, pace your emails. Um, don't do those heavy sales emails. Now, yeah, I, if you have, I'm ahead. sorry, I was going to say if you have. Um, of course, this opening and there it is very timely and you've maybe segmented out your list to people who are customers that are hot leads that you think are likely to buy. Then maybe you send those types of emails to just that segment of your audience, not the complete audience. Yeah, that makes sense. And I also I know what you're saying. I, I've definitely had. I've definitely had email fatigue <laughs> when I'm actually just trying to get to know somebody's style, um, whether I want to take an online course and it does feel like sometimes it's just way too many. On the flip side, um, I can imagine if I was in the buy mode and I had forgotten that the, the sale was ending on a certain date, I'd probably want to know that. So I do hear what you're saying is finding that balance between the real urgency versus just flooding someone's inbox. Uh, yep, I agree with that. So what tips do you have for people that are going to start building their email list? Or maybe they've started it, but they haven't been very consistent. Um, I think consistency is key. And one of the things that I recommend is, again, making sure that you're starting with your objectives and goals up front, because that will drive the content of your emails. Um, and I suggest that you come up with an editorial calendar of sorts where you have planned out the topics for your email um, if you've done other types of branding work, these topics may naturally kind of come out of that work, um, things that your clients are interested in, um, you know, your demographics. So um, prob problems that you may help them solve, um, those types of things. Also, keep in mind seasonality. Um, there's different types of messaging that are more appropriate at certain types of types of years, just also depending on your client base. So if you have a product business, definitely you're planning more marketing around the holiday seasons. If you have a product that is seasonal, like you're selling bathing suits, then obviously summer is your time to shine. Right. But that can also apply to service type businesses because most people have kind of a yearly pattern of sales in their business or things that affect, that maybe affect how the, the seasonality, you may find that you are you're you're more active or having more clients during the summer months for some reason. So you kind of want to plan your email messaging and marketing around those 
types of, you know, seasons and reasons. Yeah. And there's probably some times where you just like, if you're a product business, I'm guessing, you know, Christmas is a big time. Whereas if you're a service business, likely, you know, you don't have as much going on with clients during that time, (laughs) other than closing out work for the year. Exactly. And sometimes you can use those um, kind of um, ebbs and flows in your businesses times to do more, more different types of marketing. So if you know that winter months or December are your slower months and you want to drop more business, then maybe that's the time that you're planning some type of big um, promotion of, I hate to use the word sale because sale isn't always the thing, but maybe that's the time that you do promote your business. Um, I find that a lot of times people at the beginning of the year are, are, you know, they want to get in shape and they're, they have goals for the year. So, having campaigns in October, November, December that drive up to that January New Year resolution is a great way to um, know that even if your sales or your services kind of lull in the, the fall or winter months that you're ready at the top of the year. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So in our podcast episode number 24, for those of you who've already listened to that one, we talked about brand communications during a crisis from a PR standpoint. From your perspective, how has email marketing changed since COVID hit? Um, That, you know, that's really a great question. I think COVID is something that many of us didn't really see coming. And even if we did, we didn't really know what the impacts were were, um, were going to be. And I think I shared with you the story of how I had a client that there, that has a physical store and we could not tweak the messaging fast enough because things were changing so rapidly um, from day to day. And, they, you know, almost at that point from hour to hour. Right. Um, <laughs> so COVID is unique. <laughs> um, right. And, 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 and it, it's something that none of us is really encountered. But here, here's where I, what I usually say overall for messaging. First of all, be sensitive to things that are going on in the world, um, in your community. If you have planned a huge sales email and there's some disaster or tragedy that happens that day, don't send the email. Just yeah. hold it. And that happens, you know, pretty frequently where it just doesn't feel like it's the right time. Um, if it's a cause that you are, if something happens and it is related to a cause that you stand behind or a value of your company, by all means, you know, it's okay to send a message that affects your consumer or your clients. But at the same time, um, I think one of the things that we've seen in the last few months is everybody sending messages about everything and some of them just don't ring true. Oh, so. yeah. We were definitely <laughs> talking about that the other day. Right. <laughs> So if it doesn't really ring true or it's not something that you've had an active stance on, it's not that you shouldn't mess it. You should not send communications about it. I would just say be very thorough and conservative. Maybe really think about it, run the messaging through different people, um, make sure that it really is an authentic message and it, you know, and before you're sending it, um, and then, you know, always think about contingency plans. I think for any business, um, if there's bad PR, how do you address it? If you have bad social media, you know, comments, how do you suggest it? Those are kind of decisions that, while you may not be able to know the details of those types of things, that you can still kind of have an action plan when those types of things arise. 
Yeah, and I think that's so important. That was something Nicole and I talked about, um, again, in episode number 24. You know, really, she's a PR specialist and, you know, really does a lot with crisis communications. So mm-hmm. for many of her clients, she already had plans in place. However, again, like you said, COVID, we, we didn't expect it per se, but at least they had a better baseline, a better foundation to operate from when you know, COVID hit, they had a better plan in place. And then the people who didn't have a plan in place were scrambling. And I think that's where you get the stuff that also feels often inauthentic when people feel like they should address something that's happening in the world, but they really haven't, they're not aligning it to their brand values. They're not really thinking about it in advance. They're not being proactive. They're being reactive. And when you're being reactive, um, I think that's where people make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, you, that there should be some type of plan in place. And then you are going to, depending on each situation and circumstance, you will have to evaluate that plan and figure out the best course of action. But, you know, here's the flip side to that. I've seen a lot of, a few of my clients who have really stepped up and become, I would say, kind of superstars because they maybe do have causes that have been, um, that they have important information to share that's um, related to like the COVID crisis. I've seen some of my um, clients that in the educational sector and the legal sector, some nonprofits that have had to pivot very quickly, but have resources that they share that help their community. So we've, you know, done some kind of scrambling over the last few months to make sure that they can get that stuff out to, um, out to their to their email list as quickly as possible. So um, I think there's kind of two sides to that as well. What you're pointing to is <laughs> be as prepared as we can. And there's always going to be things that we're going to have to address in the moment. Uh, you can't necessarily plan for everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's no way, especially yeah. something like COVID. But again, I think it goes back to that brand values uh, or causes that you believe in, um, the the way that you operate as a business, whether you're a solopreneur or a small business, you know, it it actually ties back to your brand and what you stand Mm -hmm. for. Um, If you do that deeper foundation work with your brand, I think you're just better equipped to be able to address things in the moment than if you've never thought about it. And all you did was get someone to design your logo and put it on your website and you're done with it. Um, you, you doesn't really set you up for other situations. I absolutely agree with that. I think it's really important that you as a business have decided the types of causes that you support, um, the, the types of values that your business stands for. Um, and then those often do align with social issues or community issues. Yeah. So any other tips that you have for email marketing for people? Um, I would just say don't um, start simple. Um, I think cadence is more and, you know, it's better to to have a very simple plan than to have a um, more complex plan. I often have clients who come in and they want to set up like these, you know, complicated email sequences and segmentations of list and that's certainly great for some certain types of businesses and people who have large lists but for many businesses even some of the larger ones 
just sending emails at a regular cadence is probably step one. And then you can graduate to those other things. I'd also say just take a cohesive look at your email marketing in terms of your website. One of the number one things I always say when you're about to start um, a new email campaigns is to reevaluate your website. Double check, make sure links are working. It's so often, it, it happens pretty often that things that should be working or you know worked at one point aren't anymore. So go back and <laughs> start there. Um, and then, you know, sometimes if it, if it makes sense, if there's an offer that you can entice people to sign up to your email list, that's a good way to start. So that may be, um, if you are a product business, that may be a, a sale or promotion. It may be 10% off your first order or something like that. And if you are a service type business, it might be a free white paper, a free download, a 15-minute coaching call or something like that. Yeah, those are great tips. So how can people find you? So I'm pretty easy to find. Um, all of my, my website and my handles um, all tie back to my name. It's Kia Dolby. My website is kiaadolby.com. And then my Instagram and Facebook are kiaadolby for Instagram and kiaadolby creative for Facebook. Okay. And we'll definitely put the links to all your handles and website in the show notes. Thank you. Kia, thank you so much. Like it is always fun talking to you. I mean, we've stayed, you're the one person from grad school that I've stayed the most connected to over the years. And I'm so glad that we're still able to talk about design, talk about branding, talk about um, how to connect with clients. And, you know, it's just so much fun hearing your perspective, because this is definitely an area that I don't focus in for my business. So thanks for bringing your expertise. Oh, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. And I really value the work you're doing. And I'm so proud of you. So this has absolutely been a, been a pleasure for me. Thank you so much. Subscribe to the Branding BFF podcast to stay connected to more behind the scenes conversations about branding and business. We also welcome your rating and review on iTunes. So we know what you enjoyed and more people can find us.